I'm Dobbin from Boolean Tunes. Today I'm joined by Tom from Celestial Sanctuary. How are you doing today? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you. All the better for talking to you today. Fantastic. We're going to talk today about your new record, Insatiable Thirst for Torment, which has just hit 100,000 streams, which is freaking awesome. How are you feeling about it about a month, maybe two months on from release? Yeah, so it is. I think it's five weeks on at uh, this point. Yeah, I don't want to sound too gushy, like it's, <laughs> but I am going to be gushy. Like it's just the response has been absolutely crazy. Like people have been so kind. It feels like this time around we've picked up like quite a few new fans as well. You know, it's just it's it's mind bending. Like the amount of kind words that we've received. I'm not very great at taking compliments at the best of times, so it's just been you know a lot of that over the past five weeks and you know i appreciate every every kind word that has been uttered about the record sick it's been definitely one of my favorite death metal releases of this year i love how it has sort of advanced your style from the debut record as well so what i wanted to do today was really go in deep on kind of almost all of the songs on the album so if anybody's listening and hasn't heard the album this is going to be way better if you like you've got it a bit in mind um but we, we'll go we'll, we'll go into these tracks one thing that i wanted to throw out there is that in my head when listening to a debut album i i really found your signature style as a death metal band was this kind of kind of slow tempo that you kind of lock into especially in the verses yeah. and i actually I've listened to plenty of death metal. I don't really know a band that kind of like slows it down a little bit. Now that's not to say it's not heavy. Like, <laughs> I associate this tempo as like kind of a power stride tempo. Like it really feels powerful. And I really love how you, what you can do is it's at a slow enough tempo that you can like double it up and then it gets really fast and intense for a bit. And then you can take it back down again, which gives you a lot of like natural dynamics within the song. So a lot of death metal bands are like, they're going really hard all the time. And you don't really get that like that level of dynamics when they're just going as hard as possible. But it's very natural in your music. So I love that that is retained. And then you've also got um, it, just everything going on in this record is much crazier. It's more extreme. It's wilder structurally. It's more interesting. Um, yeah. So um, do do you, do you agree? Is that do you have in mind this kind of idea of a slower tempo? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I can probably attribute that to the fact that like first time around was right in the midst of you know what i'm not going to name it so i was doing a lot of walking with my partner like listening to the demos as i as i was walking and stuff so i think like subconsciously maybe like that seeped into it and it was like that stride because like i smiled as soon as you said about the stride and um yeah i think as well like with the with the doubling up to to give it that sort of like natural like speed without it feeling like too forced it was very like i just said subconscious but then that element was very like conscious about sort of not not sitting in that tempo for too long and sort of like breaking out of it and i like the sort of analogy that i always like thought of with like going from those sort of like half speed bits to the double speed was almost like a chest buster like just busting out like at that exact point in the song um <laughs> And that's kind of like the the imagery that I just had throughout, like whenever I'd write those bits, it's like a very sudden like burst into that. And speaking of imagery, this record has the most amazing artwork. <laughs> um, and I was listening to a, a different uh, podcast you did for some background on that. And you were you mentioned that you were sort of 
oh, you, you didn't think that Joe Basima would work with you, but then it ended up being, you, you really hit it off. So how did, how did that go? Presumably you, you must be so chuffed with this. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, mate, like unbelievably chuffed. Like, so yeah, first of all, I think, I think what I saw was, I think it was this municipal waste artwork. And I think it may have been the artist Skinner uh, shared it. And yeah, I was just sort of like, you know, it was just, it was so good. I just kind of wrote it off as like you said, like, oh, they'd, they'd be way out of our price range. Like there's no way that we'd be able to make that work. But then like through a few like bits of talking and realizing that James is very much like aligned with the underground and is very like understanding of where bands like us are coming from. It was just like such a like, breath of fresh air and like you know it was it was almost like okay yeah let's let's just go for this like we have to really and then a he was like so receptive to the ideas that i had and i didn't want to like sort of give him too much of an exact idea of what it was we wanted i very much wanted to see what he would come out with he's probably sort of like kick back on that and say like no you were so detailed <laughs> but <laughs> For me, like it felt like I just wanted to really. I gave him the the sort of outline of the idea, and I just wanted to see what he would come back with. And he was sort of like playing himself down. It's like, oh, I'll probably get back to get onto this like in a few weeks, and blah blah blah. And then it must have been like over the course of that weekend, he just sent me like four drafts of the artwork. I was like, whoa, okay. And he was like, yeah, I'll just sort of like really love the idea. And he just seemed like so enthused. So, a that's like immediate sign that i felt like we'd we'd chosen the right guy immediately because of his enthusiasm and energy and the fact that like all four of these drafts were just fucking insane in them in their own right um so yeah it's just like such a super easy process it was essentially like going like yeah can we have like more of that gore like just keep adding to it till you cannot add anymore um and that's that's kind of how it went it was such a simple like drama free like easy process with him awesome and i also love how having a a known artist can kind of place you with the scene or kind of it kind of unites bands because he also did frozen soul recently um and hell you you did some shows with frozen soul as well which is mm -hmm. that's that's sick another thing on the art although this is probably like this this is probably just like a more convenient thing but church road like did an amazing vinyl for this oh, hopefully yeah. you've got this variant yourself because it's so good <laughs> It's uh, how to describe it for people on audio. It kind of just looks like a, a stream of magma coming towards you. Yeah. <laughs> but so, like from first person perspective, like that's what it is. Exactly. So yeah. when that starts spinning on your player, then <laughs> oh, hell breaks loose. Hell yeah. I'm glad awesome. you got the special one. Yeah. yeah. Church Road Describer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Legend. Yeah. So let's start with track one. Mm -hmm. I think like this could actually be one of like i think it just in terms of objectively the best song on the record um trap within the rank membrane for me this song uh just structurally it fits together so nicely because all of the parts that come up just feel like really fated like of course that riff is going to come in now of course we're going to have like extended like bass led outro um and i think that especially when a track is six minutes long like it, it takes a real like maturity of songwriting to make everything fit together like that but this song is possibly one of the older ones right because this song was one of the ones that was recorded for the redux release of soul diminished right 
No, so this, um, well, we, we there was a live version of it live version. On, on that, right? Correct, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, yeah, it is the it is literally the first song that we wrote for this record. Um, it's just the timing of when we did that live session, we'd been we'd had it in the set a little while at that point, so that's why it's on there. We didn't want to just take a chunk out of that, um, so yeah, but yeah, so this this is literally the first song that I wrote for the album and for me it kind of like just set the tone like perfectly for what was going to follow it's always intended to be the first song on the record like as soon as i'd finished sort of the first sort of demo of it i was like right this is this is the first one like it just has the markers of what i think is is a good song like a you know like it like you alluded to like it's quite long and i really like the fact that it starts with just like a single guitar playing a single riff <laughs> exactly the exact face <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it started playing in my head <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's just sort of for me it was instantly like this is this is the this is the album from here and the way that it was written as well like although it's quite a long one all it was very natural to write i didn't set out to write a specific like long song it was just sort of what goes here what follows and it sounds like that kind of translated to you that's like oh of course like this bit makes sense here um and as well that kind of i feel like it sort of helped us shed some skin from the first record where a lot of the songs followed a very similar formula this song is like so vastly different it may sound sonically kind of similar but for me like structure wise this is like the first sort of instance of like we're maturing we're like going in this direction now like we're trying to advance what we're doing awesome so track two mm -hmm. uh glutted with chanda you just did a music video for that we did um, yeah. and that's it looks really nice and grimy um it's a really cool song as usual with a common theme on a lot of these songs on the record is that they have a really sick bridge where like there's just some extra riff that you don't overdo it just comes in like once or twice and it, it but it's the bit that like really like really grips you uh on the song um my main thing is like this song is like the lyrics are disgusting and <laughs> uh I, I can i can handle all that but what i can't handle is if, like when bands like sample like people actually being sick like i was listening to a witch vomit album the other day and i just like almost had to turn it off because it was just so disgusting <laughs> so thank you for not using a, an actual sample of somebody like chundering <laughs> <laughs> that may have been a bit too on the gag reflex there i think <laughs> but yeah this i think i think this song i mean the fact that we've been playing it for like coming up for a year now as well so this is a second new song we put in the set like for me as well, it's kind of like a sort of like 180 on the first song where this one is very much like kind of like a standard, like parentheses, standard song structure um, in the fact that it follows like a very simple like intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, whatever, whatever. And I mean, like it's it's kind of like, you know a lot of bands will, will try and do that or a lot of bands will kind of like spit on bands for trying to do something that's like kind of similar but the thing is is like it is legitimately hard to like write an effective song that is that is simple and that was kind of the mission with this one i mean we may have borrowed some sort of structural elements from blood and thunder by mastodon 
it's like <laughs> hence the rhyming of the titles um but yeah so this one is like incredibly fun to play live and yeah that whole bit in the middle even though it's like it was the first like real tech bit that we wrote i mean there's probably people more intelligent than me like listen to this going it's in four four it's not tech but um for us it's pretty tech like it it jumps around and it's it's fun to play so it offers a bit of like respite during the set which i always look forward to as well nice and speaking of like more technical bits so with swivel eyed and gurning in the shadows which is just a fucking cool name <laughs> um like that's very much got your like trademark like swaggering tempo style but like it's also got the double up bits and complex bridge um and it's got really sweet solos now when i listened to uh sold diminished i sort of had in my head that you're not really like a soloing band like you you kind of like when you get to that bridge you want to do something else uh that isn't just like having a wank on the stage <laughs> um but there are a couple of uh solos and, and they're really like short and sweet on this record and when they come up it's like really fun flourishes or just like when you're like you know doing something crazy with a whammy bar that sort of thing like and and there's it's got this this is one of those tracks that's got like a really sweet solo in it so like do you do you see yourself as like a a soloing band do you want to be known as a band that does or doesn't do solos I... uh to be honest with the with the first one it was kind of out of like necessity like i am matt so matt hadn't joined the band when we'd done the first record um so that's why the solo that for stuff your sentience that we play live is like totally different to what's on record um but yeah so at that point matt hadn't joined the band and he i mean he'll call himself a rhythm guitar and rhythm is very much like my focus so it's kind of like more out of like necessity and trying to do something creative without having guitar solos in it this time around yeah we did it's not so much about wanting to be like a guitar solo band but i think it it just adds another like element another facade to the sound where yeah we're probably never going to be like a band that's able to like shred or whatever but we kind of i mean i'm about to name drop eric rutan here and that's not to say that he's not a shredder but because he legit is but the way that he writes solos is more journey based same with like david gilmore it's very much like about taking you on a journey instead of like showing off like your sort of like technical chops and that's kind of like the method that we go for as well like obviously with pink floyd being like a local band it's kind of like our sort of like nod to that as well um but yeah it's very much like there to add something instead of being there for the sake of being there yeah cool that makes sense um and death metal i think has always had that focus right of like you know we're focused on making a song like you don't find that there's a two-minute guitar solo on a death metal song it just doesn't doesn't really happen like yeah. they're short and they're sweet and you get back to the brutality so yeah it would be it'd be, it'd be weird any other way but you're definitely like going for the short and sweet and like this is just like a really wacky bit that's to make this this riff just pop extra much yeah exactly so something on the next track meandering stream of foul fluid <laughs> um is that you've got these intro the intro and outro are very atmospheric kind of like mm -hmm. a very slow like almost like if you kept going you could have made a doom song mm -hmm. but then you go back to the death metal but then it, it's the same in the outro was there anything specifically that brought those those bits about yeah so the 
the insp like the sort of like direct inspiration behind that kind of yeah it sounds synth it kind of sounds like orchestral but it's not it's just like a guitar with like tons and tons of like reverb on it i think the attack is turned to zero so it almost sounds like you're just holding like a, a toothbrush near it or something to give that sort of like effect but the so there's two sort of like paths of inspiration here so the first one is kind of like I'd, i was playing elden ring quite a lot when during the writing process of this and it, i think it's uh what's the is it lagernia is that the first level where you come out and it's just got that like really sort of like uh not orgasmic <laughs> like really like satisfying like big note that it starts off with. yeah it's just yeah. kind of like very ethereal and that's kind of what i was going for and and it was kind of like that coupled with like how uh chimes at midnight by mastodon that song is like very much like bookended by this very like cool like ethereal like sparkly sounding thing with just like a load of filth and shit in the middle and that that was kind of like what we were going for there yeah awesome it it works really nicely it's, it's just like a kind of makes the track really unique in your discography and there's a huge tradition of of more like i love the word cavernous for, mm. for this when it sounds like a death metal band is like playing in a cave and it's bouncing off the walls yeah. and i don't have you down as a cavernous band but it's still like it's like when you're one cavernous bit because if you do go for the cavernous sound you kind of really go all in on it and then that kind yeah. of swamp the whole feel of it like it kind of that any technical bits just kind of get a bit dampened so yeah. you have to be careful with that as well like, i'm a huge huge ambient music fan so i love i love like too much reverb but yeah to be quite focused and yeah but that's your one bit so yeah and the, the cavernous thing like don't get me like cavernous death metal like is kind of what led me to my journey like bands like fetid i mean we can't really talk about dismal because they're fucking rank people um cerebral rot um vastum as well like I, I consider those the sort of like cavernous death metal bands and while there was like a lot of influence from that like on the first album and i feel like the first album could very much kind of be lumped towards cavernous it was kind of something we wanted to sort of like veer away from but these couple of moments that we put in there were kind of like keeping our toe in that sort of like fetid swamp sort of thing yeah cool and since we're talking a bit about production the whole mm. record is produced really great um and to a to an extent it was sort of like a home recorded thing is that correct correct yeah 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 i mean like all of us in the band we've either studied run studios learned to do it over the pandemic and stuff um so yeah we're very fortunate in that sense and it's just kind of you know we're all very sort of like hands-on nature and that's kind of like we just thought well we can learn to sort of like do this to to a very high degree as well like you know james does legit run his own drum studio uh drum studio recording studio um so he's definitely like the most experienced out of all of us but yeah it's just a case of like learning how to achieve the sounds that we wanted and not overcomplicating it just keeping it as simple as we could and you know this is this kind of how it turned out yeah that's awesome it's really cool that you can get obviously you know the first thing one records in that way is never going to be the greatest recording but what you've clearly put so much time into it now that like it's a good mode to be in so yeah. uh yeah it's clearly it's clearly worked you know so awesome thank you um in terms of 
the next track, Biomineralization, um, that was the single. What was it mm. that drove you to pick that as a single? Because it was probably really quite hard to pick one. Yeah, it was really hard because like i feel like all all of the songs like not not to sort of sound up my own ass like i feel like all of the songs kind of stand up and they all have a very like unique identity and i think once you consume the album as a whole that's where you get the sort of like true breadth of of what we're doing sort of thing um but biomineralization i felt was kind of honestly i can't really remember exactly what the thought process was i think it was just I think this one showed a good sort of departure from what we had done, but it was still kind of similar enough that people weren't going to hear it and be like, oh, what the fuck is this? And that mixed with the fact that I, with this one in particular, I'd sort of developed my vocal style quite a lot. And I think this song showed that off the most. And it was kind of, yeah, this is the, this is the one that kind of like encompasses the album. It doesn't, tell you everything about it but it features enough elements to kind of give you a steer on where we're going it's definitely got your trademark style that like that like cool tempo shit like um uh yeah it's really sick so the next two songs have you know you're not really a sing-along band but i feel like the next two songs have a little bit of like they feel like crowd participation songs (laughs) so in lurid glow you have like that dun 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 bit in the bridge and that just feels like a you know you're supposed to pump your fist at the <laughs> at the exact right time yeah and the other funny thing at the end of that song is you you drop the band name right correct yeah <laughs> which just feels like like is that one like was that made with a live in with live performance in mind not really like i'll tell you what it was it's because like right so like obviously we took our name from a bolt thrower song and we love bolt thrower we're not like we're not the the biggest bolt thrower fans in the world like we like them and you know they're another british band we just thought the song name sounded cool and fit like what we were doing sort of thing so kind this is kind of like my way of like yeah i know we took the name from a bolt thrower song but it's kind of like we're trying to take it back a little bit that it's like that we're separate from bolt thrower like you can stop saying that we sound like them now because i don't think we sound anything like them especially at this point so it's kind of that was kind of like the mild intention to it and obviously no shade on bolt thrower like we absolutely love bolt thrower but we're kind of like we're our own thing at this point and that's what we're trying to do plus as well we don't want any uh any legal action again <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be the most uk death metal thing yeah, yeah legal action from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so rite of passage <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool and another one that feels like almost karaokeable is uh, unquenchable thirst like as you're singing bits like coagulation necrosis like coagulation like i kind of almost in my head see the you know when you do a karaoke and it's like the, ba- the ball bounces <laughs> that's like what i'm seeing in my head when you sing that um <laughs> just yeah but i guess i guess you're not probably not expecting too many people to sing these lyrics live with you no i mean maybe if i was like one of those front men that could hold the mic and go out or whatever maybe but i mean like i'm sort of resigned to uh playing singing at the same time so yeah i never really i mean i guess like to a degree but not really it's kind of 
whatever feels catchiest to me and if that translates to people in the crowd like singing along that's fucking cool as fuck like i'd love to see that but yeah it's never never the intention the only sort of intention that we have is that you know we want people to kill each other to our songs and i, I hear they do <laughs> <laughs> yeah it gets pretty mad sometimes i've yeah. seen a guy literally get like uppercutted in the pit and like you know when you see like in cartoons they've got like the birds like yeah. around their head it kind of like he had that same <laughs> expression on his face brilliant i, was I mean it's all love to, though. Uh, I was talking to Rory from Wallowing, who is at your also supporting one of the Frozen Soul dates. Yeah. And he was saying, like, as soon as you were on, like, from the first song, it was just chaos, like, immediate circle pits and things. I think that was the London show specifically. But yeah, yeah. it sounds like people fucking kick off. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's just basically, it's, it's kind of what we go for. It's like, obviously, it's just to be fun. We want people to have fun when they're watching us. We're not sort of like a. We started off very sort of like serious. I mean, we take the music very seriously and we take our playing like extremely seriously, like don't get me wrong. But when it comes to ourselves to a degree, I think you've got a, I mean, we're singing songs about like silly shit at the end of the day. You can't take yourself like too seriously without being a bit of a idiot. So yeah, I mean, like all we want to do is encourage people to like have fun, not laugh, have fun, <laughs> not a comedy band. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another cool thing about unquenchable thirst is it's kind of it's a it's a slower song but it's got loads of little fast turns it's one of the more structurally complex pieces mm -hmm. and what's really nice is then that goes into the last song which is like your fastest song maybe ever mm -hmm. um and that one is it, it's got my favorite uh, riff on the record on it which and i can i can name it to the exact time because it's exactly <laughs> one minute 30 just before that solo you do it four times and it comes back around in like a slightly different way each time oh, and okay. it's really twisty it's it's like a technical bit from a kind of i guess as you said like a non-technical band and it yeah. just that bit is so good oh, i'd love to you. love to see that on the set list but i don't know maybe it's maybe it's hard to fit on <laughs> Like, I think, you know, recording in the studio is very different to playing live. And the fact that, like, James, our drummer, has a tendency to speed things up. But um, And this is this is not even an exaggeration. So as a, have you seen this live before? I saw you at Desert Fest, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, sick. Okay. So you, you probably know. If you knew, if you know the songs on the first record, then, and you hear them live, they are pretty much unrecognizable from how quickly james plays them and as you mentioned like this is our this is 100 percent our fastest song i think it's like 180 200 bpm like the whole way through and the thing is is like i know james is going to play it fast <laughs> and like <laughs> quite a lot faster and as like we, there was actually physical injuries from playing it and it sounds like i don't know if it's just because it was like the last song that was recorded why i don't know but basically like i think Matt sort of like pulled a muscle in his like arm or his foot somehow from it. Um, he plays guitar, so I don't know how that happened. And um, I actually threw out one of my like uh, intercostal muscles when I was recording vocals. So like I was screaming like one. Of, I think it was sort of near the end of the song, one of the last sort of like phrases, and I just felt this like honestly, it felt like someone had like shoved a knife in between my ribs. And I, I didn't know what was happening. I thought I was having a heart attack or something. Just like fell to the floor, like rolling around. Like, oh my God, I think I'm going to die. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. Is that where we the name were... came from? 
gutted no, with the play. It, should it was be, already yeah. called that, and you like, yeah. it was like you got stabbed <laughs> with a blunt blade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's hilarious. Actually, I didn't even think of it. <laughs> Shit, man. Yeah. Uh, did you use that take on the song? Oh no, it sounded horrible. Ah, I think you just literally it. hear me. If go, only it sounded good. Do it again. <laughs> if we were a black metal band, maybe I could have gotten yeah. away with going. Ah, but yeah, um, it's not brutal enough. No. <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay, so um, let's uh, let's discuss a bit like death metal in general. Mm -hmm. So you've already mentioned Bolt Thrower as being like a big influential band for you. Mm -hmm. What was your sort of journey? Because now you, as as a band, kind of like your uh, your sort of selling point is you're really proud to be death metal. You're proud mm -hmm. to be UK death metal. Like we want a new wave of this shit, and we absolutely are. We are in like a golden age, for, like mm -hmm. on death metal for sure. Yeah. So, how did you like get to that point of of knowing like this? I'm going to dedicate my musical life to <laughs> death metal. So I could probably give you sort of like a bit of a a bit of a, like a windy journey. So like yeah. my my journey actually started with listening to In Flames. And I was like 14, 15. Uh, saw him with Slipknot. And obviously Slipknot were very like shouty, but they had a lot of singing parts. And In Flames was the first band that I listened to where I was like, wait, it's all screaming. It's all like this like disgusting noise. And that's kind of like at first I was a bit like, oh, I wish they sang. But the more I listened to it, the more I was like, oh no, like and that was very much like a light bulb moment for me where it was very much like okay so if you actually like are patient with a band you actually like listen to a band you actually get to know the songs it changes how you perceive it and i think that was very much like what took me down into like an extreme metal journey so it very much started there within flames <laughs> and then you know we go through like carcass like a mate of mine um showing it to me like when we were in a car on a way to a gig and I just like, I think Heartwork came out in 1994, I think, about around then. I mean, this, and by the time I heard it, it was like 2005, 2006. So, like, he showed it to me. I was like, oh, is this like a new band? He's like, no, no, this came out like in the 90s and these are from the 80s. I was like, no fucking way, no way. Um, so yeah, and obviously the music video for Heartwork in particular is just like so fucking cool. And as a as a music video director for a long time, and that was like always one that was like in my treatments that I'd reference that I'd want to like recreate almost. And then there it got sort of like a bit more tech. So it would go to like Vital Remains and uh, Necrophagist were like some a couple of really big bands for me, like all through my sort of like teens to later teens and stuff. And then, I mean, there's a lot of other bands like around that as well. I mean, I guess you could, if you count like Cephalic Carnage, um, Napalm Death as well, another band that I, I literally just discovered because in FOP, they had like Order of the Leech for a quid on the, on the till. I'd heard the name, but never listened to them. This is kind of before streaming was really like such a common thing. Like you could buy songs off iTunes or whatever, but. I saw it there for a quid. I was like, that's too much of a bargain. Picked it up, like loved it. It's still like a CD that I have in my CD case in my car to this day. Um, and yeah, then I kind of distanced myself from music. I, I mean, like I alluded to, like being a music video director, being in bands for years, I kind of got like really jaded with music and 
just like gave up on it and never like checked anything new out or you know i listened to metallica and mastodon i listened to bands that i've been listening to for years and i was just like ah oh, fuck it like this is this is me now sort of thing and then i think I, I was in a record shop with my partner i think it's flashback records um like down the end of brick lane and there's they had like a bunch of like death metal records and i just sort of like start getting into like collecting vinyl and stuff and i was just like browsing through like sort of bolt thrower so like day aside blah 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 and, I, and then they had altars of madness and i was like you know what i was like i've never actually listened to this album like it's just one of those ones it's just passed me by so i just got it and then put it on like when i got home i got autopsy uh mental funeral at the same time as well and it just like it just opened me up to my love of music again and re-inspired me to like actually want to pick up a guitar i mean i started a thrash band after that but um before this one but yeah it just sort of like reinvigorated me so morbid angel like later on in life as weird as that sounds because they're such an old band and i was a madness i think came out the year i was born it's kind of like kind of this like weird thing that yeah, it just like re-inspired me and it is kind of like single-handedly responsible for, for where we are now and hopefully we can write something as good as Altars of Madness or Blessed yeah. Artistic one day. That's so funny because when I was first listening to Cestal Sanctuary, I remember the first thing I thought was like, wow, these guys like Morbid Angel. <laughs> Specifically like the, you know, Altars of Madness material and yeah. similar to you actually, it took me a long time to even try uh, Morbid Angel um, oh really? But eventually, when I got round to it, like I'd been listening to death metal for like uh, I think I listened to it in like uh, maybe eleven years after I first into like Opeth was my first band, oh, and cool. um, yeah, Altars of Madness is crazy. Like you can absolutely see why it was the start for so much of this stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, uh, and something I feel I don't know I don't know about you, but when it comes to death metal, I always feel like i'm a bit of an intermediate uh in <laughs> yeah. terms of my my knowledge and understanding because it feels like there are so many fantastic bands who've been foundational and you know you obviously you don't have to have heard every band like no one's fucking checking like it's not it's really not a genre where we can do that or anything you know no. but still i just feel like you know it's st stuff comes up and i'm like oh man i haven't tried that yet i should really and then i'll then then i will understand death metal it's like you know obviously I, I think i get it but um <laughs> but i don't know like when you listen to death metal like is there something that changes in the processes i find to really know a band i have to listen to it so many more times and then when i do it's sort of its value is so much more because yeah. of how complex this music is just yeah. inherently and how heavy it is right yeah absolutely and this thing like it'd be so easy well not easy i mean i kind of get stressed out about like how much stuff there is coming out i mean that must be double hard for you because you write about this stuff so you really have to pay attention but yeah the the amount of time the amount of stuff that's like constantly coming out and and that's just like in our like little subgenre of like death metal that is kind of like leaning towards the old school that's like not tech death it's kind of you know there's a foot very much like where we all still like you know we're all ripping off like cannibal corpse morbid angel and obituary at the end of the day and i feel like that's a whole camp of death metal and in that camp there is like stuff coming out like 
weekly sometimes like twice a week and it's crazy yo it's been insane recently hasn't it like ridiculous i mean just just the end of this year what have we had recently uh cannibal corpse uh i think the, had... i think the list of who isn't releasing stuff it's, is gonna be yeah <laughs> like it's, it's just every death metal band was like okay this year we're ready to do it yeah. we had freaking who mold surprise release something mm -hmm. the same week that we had blood incantation surprise release something as well yeah i mean like what am i, what am I supposed to do <laughs> and then it's... as well suffocation dropped a track that week i think as well yeah right yeah. And, and they're going on tour um yeah just it, it is actually impossible to keep up like as, yeah. you know what what we try to do at our site is is impossible uh, <laughs> you know we we do our best to keep up with with stuff every week uh, and it makes everything really interesting but but equally i think the more important thing is to listen to something like keep something on repeat and then you build that emotional connection to it yeah um as well because like the first time you listen to a record like you're you're hit by you know it's new power and it's and and so on but repeat listens just pay you know they they're, they're very important like, that's my that's been my response especially during the pandemic like mm -hmm. during that time like i would listen to one album once but like that's cool and just never hear it again and i just made no memories of, of any music then and nowadays i try like yeah we're trying to keep up to date but i'm also just like spinning the same like ones that i'm like i think this is the one and then yeah. you know that's how i try and balance it out i guess <laughs> i think i think it's super important because you you kind of like go back to like days of old like how we used to all consume music was like you you save up your money you go buy a cd and it's like you have to like it because that's what you're stuck with until you've got another tenor to spare to buy another album so it's kind of like a, maybe even like you'd end up liking stuff that was pretty shit back in the day just because like you held so much value in it or maybe it wasn't shit maybe it's shit by today's standards because music is so disposable and we listen to it once go yeah fucking cool whatever but yeah, then you'd really have to sort of like listen to it over and over again. You know, you'd have it on your CD Walkman to like to and from school. Like if that was the only CD you took with you, like that's the one that you were listening to. And the same with like in your car, it's like you're on a road trip. You can't like reach down and change the CD out because your CD wallet's fallen too far over the other side. So you're just resigned to listening to the same thing over and over. And I think that's really important. That's kind of like how I try to approach it. I don't add like with my streaming platforms i don't add like every single new thing that's come out because i know that what will happen is i'll just like consume it in a disposable way whereas i really do like to have like my top four that i can see at the top and they're the ones i'm like listening to because yeah these bands have like put a lot of effort into like creating that that the least we can do as like fans is like actually give it the time it deserves yeah and something else that for me motivates me a lot is who i'm going to see live so if i can see a band live like you know they go way up my list and then i'll spin them a lot because I, I love to, to sort of like know the music that they're going to play and so on yeah um but yeah it's it's very it's very hard um to find find that balance because finding new stuff is inherently like fun the other thing that makes it harder as well which is not just a me thing i think it's the death metal thing is that everything is very focused on records like yeah. you know in the old days there wasn't much choice you kind of had to put the whole thing on um but still pe people in death metal they like to think of things in terms of full albums so mm -hmm. you know it's not just like oh yeah i know i know i come blood by um cannibal corpse so i know the band it's like 
no, you you probably one one hopes to listen to that one record, you know, a, a lot of times, and yeah. then do the next one and the next one and the next one. It's it it's it makes it extra challenging. Like, are you yeah. a kind of album person? Do you think or oh. yeah, 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 def- definitely, absolutely. Like you know, like I just. <clears throat> I mean, going back to Cannibal Corpse very quickly, the fact that like they're still playing live, they're still like the best that they've ever been, and that they can play, they could play a set of like any songs, and like I would be like literally buzzing because I would know more. I don't just know the singles, and I think that is very much like a death metal thing that any death metal band could do that, and their fans would be buzzing. Obviously, yeah, I can blood like hammer smash face like yeah they've got to stay in there but yeah um but in terms of like albums like it's very much how i consume them a lot of the times as well like if a band's putting out singles i kind of like kind of ignore them and just wait for the album to come out because i want to listen to the whole thing um in one go there's a few exceptions to that rule so obviously like with the cannibal corpse ones and the and the um suffocation ones that have come out like yeah obviously i've i've listened to them a ton but yeah i mean uh, that's why i think it's so cool that tomb mold just literally like dropped their whole album in one go because it's like it's what we all want like the only reason bands are doing like the single thing is to like boost the pre-orders keep the spotify numbers sort of like up for a little bit longer but really as fans like that's what we want coffee mulch did it as well like they didn't even do a pre-order it's like here's the album you can if you order it i'll ship it today as such a sick move that like i wish was kind of like the standard and i wish a lot of us didn't have to kind of like adhere or kind of like play the spotify game i that's the way i'd much rather do it and and hopefully like we'll be bold enough to do that at some point but you know as well you've got to get get that like return of investment and that there's certain ways that are safer to do that so you kind of are resigned to it so i'm not going to moan about it you know we've all got to do what we've got to do <laughs> Yeah, I think the Tomb Mold one is a fantastic example as well of why it was so exciting. Because, like, if you if you listen to that record compared to their old ones, like, they went full prog, like beyond prog. Like, it's like they listened to nothing but cynic in the past <laughs> three years. Or like, that's how we're going to do it. Um, so it was not just the fact that they dropped a whole record like at, out of the blue, but they were like, "Yeah, by the way, we're kind of a completely different band now <laughs> in a in a completely face melting way that is still awesome. Like, if you like the old shit, you'll love this, and also like, you know, we're just like, you know, it's, it's been a massive year of a prog death. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still haven't checked out Two Mold yet. I mean, you know, that goes to show you how much stuff there is around. So I'm very much looking for. I've actually ordered the album, so I think I I probably won't even listen to it digitally. I'll just listen to it like when it actually gets here and listen to it on a nice analog system the way it's probably intended. <laughs> Hell yeah! So let's talk about live stuff. So <laughs> I went to see you at Desert Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a funny day for me because I was. If, if you've ever been to Desert Fest, you'll know you'll end up running all the way around Camden. They say like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, you can just go to something in the Roundhouse and then come back to the Black Heart." So like, far away. it's so far away. There's so many tourists. Like, you're gonna be. It's so hard. Like, no, just sit at one venue and or like sit at two vent. You know, camp two venues mm. or something like that. But I did that. I I went to see Boris and then I went all the way back. I came to see you at the Black Heart. I was like coming down with a cold that day. It was quite bad. So mm. I was like. So if you got sick after that show, it's my fault. Um, <laughs> but the first thing I want to ask about live stuff is, what is your walk-on song? Uh, that is Swords of a Thousand Men by Temple Tudor. Okay, I know nothing about that band. I was just like, what is this song? What is it <laughs> Tell me about that band. 
Uh, to be honest, I don't really know too much about it. It's just, it's a song. So my dad, like, was a punk or not punk punk, like, you know, leather jacket, messy hair as a kid um, or as a youngster, rather. And he was into, like, the Pogues, but things like Echo and the Bunnymen as well. I say the Pogues, like, and people are going, they're not a punk band. Like, they kind of were, like, back then. And that, that's, and the Clash and um, all of that. And that's, he's kind of, like, the reason why I do what I do. And that, that was just simply a song that I remembered, like, from a kid that would just be, like, playing on his tape deck. And I think there's, like, a song, a line in it that's, like, we won't stop until we've won this town sort of thing. I just thought like, you know, when we're going on tour and we're playing shows like away from home, I was like, that's kind of like the line that always like jumps out at me and kind of like, it just like psyched me up. And like, while we're backstage, it kind of, it's such a happy, like cheery song that we're all like, it really gets us like going every single time. Um, so it's kind of that, that's the reason behind it. And um, yeah, like I said, I don't really know too much about Tempole Tudor. I think it's really just one guy. I think it's like his name's Eddie Tempole or something like that. Um, and yeah, write songs about Tudors and swords and shit. It's cool. <laughs> awesome. Nah, that's actually a lovely story. Like having it like some personal history. And you're right. Like it's a nice upbeat song. And I love like I love that you've gone for something. It would be easy to have like some like gloomy like evil synthesizer thing like oh yeah we're, we're we're and then and then there'd be the sense that you were like really taking this seriously yeah but to instead have something a bit disarming is way better like so i also saw aborted recently and they walked onto aerosmith and they walked off to derude sandstorm <laughs> and it was just like you know this is what we want like they're they're playing the like you know slammiest death stuff that uh you know slammiest death stuff around and like they're making it clear like we, this is goofy we're not you know <laughs> these the posters are just for show we're just just gonna have a good time <laughs> yeah uh so i i and i love that that's got like you know it's it's also like a british it feels like a very british song too so yeah cool yeah yeah it did, it did feel very sort of very fitting to to us and it yeah it it keeps in line with our identity as well and yeah like you say it just lightens the mood and it just without us feeling like we've got to do like a wanky like walk out to like yeah. some serious song where it's like now i'm gonna walk out there with a big grin on my face so what's the yeah. point of putting like some like the terminator theme tune or something like as sick as that would be like that would actually be really sick yeah i don't think we fit it though that's the thing so we're just no walk out, like... i want i want another band to do that <laughs> yeah yeah it was a sick show um I, I think at the time you commented something like it's really weird we're playing desert fest this is a doom fest what are we doing here mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it went down great, so so that's really cool. Um, yeah. uh, and you got uh, you've done a couple of other shows. So um, I mentioned you did stuff with Frozen Soul and mm -hmm. um, Wallowing for a couple of dates. How was mm -hmm. it doing stuff with Frozen Soul? Because they've also been popping off recently. Like uh, I tell you what, like what was cool was so since they kind of started. Like our mine and my mate Charlie and Jay, who's actually in the band, our other band, Frozen Soul, kind of like but what no Road Mutant is our band, not Frozen Soul. Back in the day, like we would kind of like exchange messages and and talk then, like just when Frozen Soul was starting, and they came from another band or a couple of them came from another band called End Times, who were quite similar to Road Mutant, like that sort of crossover thrash sort of thing. Um, so yeah it was the coolest part of it is just the fact that going from back then 
having these sort of like passing chats on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, to now like four or five years later and finally getting to like meet those people and then be just as cool and friendly and nice in real life as what they are in the internet realm. That was the coolest thing. Plus as well, like it's just so sick to see a band like literally start and be able to come over here, play in the UK, pretty much sell out three shows in a row and each show be fucking sick. Everyone be fucking pumped to be there. And that's just such a beautiful thing. There's no denying that. And and that's really cool. Awesome. Another, so something you've got coming up as well is Damnation. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting. The lineup of Damnation is crazy good. Is there anybody at Damnation you're really excited to see? I'll be, I'll be honest, like a lot of those bands I've never even heard of. Like, I was expecting it to be like quite an extreme, I mean, it is an extreme metal festival, but it's very avant-garde. It's, I guess it kind of like leans a little bit in the same way that Arc Tangent does, doesn't it? With the yeah, this year, the, this year at least for uh, um, for um, Damnation, they have actually kind of borrowed a bit from Arc Tangent, and that's actually really cool for me because that's very much my scene. So I'm seeing all of these bands. I'm like, ah, oh, oh, yes, ah, oh, yes, cool. Um, but I can see like like there's definitely always something like if you are if you're into extreme metal, there's always something on. Yeah. Sure. So I think for me, it would, I mean, just because I want to see Coffin Mulch play in an arena, Coffin Mulch, Undeath, uh, probably Akakoka because we're kind of friends with a few of the guys in that band. Um, yeah, it'd be great to see them. I haven't, I haven't seen them since like 2004. <laughs> um, so that's going back. So I'm going to show my age a little bit. Um, who else? Uh, and now Nathrak as well. I mean, some of our friends are currently playing in that band as well because it's essentially voices with the singer of Anel. Um, and I'm kind of just intrigued by... I've never heard of them. I've never listened to their music, but Psy, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to check out. and yeah, check them out. I uh, They are they're really weird in studio. Are they? Uh, I, think I, I think I don't quite get them the times I've tried them. It was a long time ago. Um, I bet they're quite crazy live though so yeah oh, okay. yeah i look forward to that and then probably julie christmas because that seems so random and i imagine someone that sounds like phoebe bridges or something um she's so, yeah. really uh, unique as well um a re- deranged vocal style um okay that just like fits sort of heavy music so well yeah. um yeah that that should be really cool uh and the cheese kind of hype on on that list because of all of these bands like you can kind of trust that most of them would come and tour but julie christmas is like not often actually touring so oh, okay that's kind of why she's been kind of like bigged up as a name for 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 it so it's really cool that they got her oh, so, okay yeah. cool um so, I, I also have to mention the infernal sea obviously because that's james's other band uh so that'll probably be the only time i venture into the black metal stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> cool the other thing about uh uh damnation is that there's a whole church road stage and mm-hmm. there's quite a lot of church road artists um like on on the stage with you it's first your band uh like you're opening the whole mm-hmm. thing which is awesome um then in human nature and tusca and harriet um just all in a row uh from like ch- the church road scene so i think it's it's just actually really dope that there's a whole stage that recognizes the 
you know what that has been doing for uk um heavy music right like that's just so cool to me like it's, it's getting highlighted yeah absolutely and i think like just to talk about church road for a second like you know it's it's crazy like the the sort of and i'm not lumping us into it but like from an outsider perspective just seeing like the quality of the releases that they put out and the variation there as well it's just so sick and that is like in itself like an honor to be a part of you know like in human nature tuscar harriet wallowing um voices um uh grief symposium like for you know just to mention a few it's oh, ridiculous yeah. absolutely ridiculous like how good all of it is and yeah they're absolutely smashing it it's, it's it's so good that the uk has got like a label like that that supports underground music and it, every single one of those bands will go on to do like great like they'll they'll all get fucking huge i'm, I'm certain of it yeah grief symposium is a good shout out um i think that record has gone underappreciated this year um because it came out right at the start of the year it was a perfect yeah. like winter album um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was that's yeah awesome yeah that's a it's a perfect peaceful three death doom fucking masterclass. yeah yeah hell yeah so there's another fest you're doing reality unfolds mm -hmm. um that looks really exciting um uh it's really cool to have fuming mouth there i really like that band um and that that's gonna be a bit different because it's a kind of like uh you know like small venue type mm -hmm. fest so that sounds really fun um do you have any other upcoming shows so <laughs> just a segue very nicely from that um from that yeah so the reality unfolds is actually the first day and i'm sure by the time this comes out it would have been announced but so that is the first day of a full uk run that we're doing with human mouth um yeah yeah sick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're going to be going all over the place i think like even going to even go to norwich um wales the south bristol i think it's going to um very similar to what we did with undeath where it was kind of like hitting as many corners and points around the uk as we can um but yeah like it's so good that fuma mouth are managing to get over again another band that i've been following for like a really long time since like when they had an old logo and there was only like two or three members in the band sort of thing so yeah, it'd be cool to play with those um and as well just to see like where their trajectory is going obviously they they started off as more of like a hardcore band the last album was more like i guess you could lump that in with like gate creeper and black breath that hm2 kind of crossover thing and this like what they've just put out that song is like just not what i was expecting at all it's kind of like kind of takes everything that they have done but then like adds an element of kind of like 90s shoegaze into it somehow Oh, I gotta hear that song! Wow, yeah, uh, it's got like clean singing in it, and death metal whoa. fans would usually be like, "Oh no," yeah, but it kind of works. And it's like, uh, admittedly, when I first heard it, I was like, "No, not for me." And I listened to it again and again. I was like, "This is so catchy," and it's it's done really well in like a in a not corny way. Elitists will hate it. There's no denying that. But there's people. If you like music, you're gonna like it. <laughs> awesome yeah. that's very exciting that's a great place to mostly end things do you want to give any extra shout outs shout out my mates and mutagenic host they're doing really good things great guys like if you like death metal if you like dumb death metal go check them out um uh coffee mulch 
they're sick as well. Brain Bath, Penny Coffin, Ageless Summoning, all loads of really great Scottish death metal that they're all putting out stuff at the moment. Go check it out because Scotland is the new Florida. <laughs> sick. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, that's a lot of that's on like Dry Cough Records, right? Uh, what the mutagenic host one? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Coffee Mulch put out their own Brain Bath. They have a record label where they put out like the Penny Coffin stuff as well, and then they just summon in. I don't know some great label there on, but yeah, all very sick stuff. Definitely worth checking out. But we don't really have anything else to plug apart from our own record, which has just come out. <laughs> Dope. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Tom. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you very much. Great chat.